Welcome to Fast Forward, where we discuss technology, ethics, and the future of humanity. With your hosts, Rachel Love and Ben Perry. Each episode starts with a broad topic that we found interesting. And explores how it engages with humans and communities in the future. You can expect science news filtered through our woefully amateur lenses. Some strong opinions and hopefully a bit of humor. Welcome to Fast Forward. This is Rachel, and here I'm with Ben. Hey. So one of the things that Rachel and I noticed was that all the science and tech shows, they mostly talk about science and tech for science and tech's sake. They talk about new inventions or developments or projects with focus on, oh, isn't this so cool that we can do this? And it is genuinely cool that we can do a lot of things. (laughs) But Rachel and I thought that maybe it would be good to have a show if we talked about why we do things and who's going to benefit from the things we do and who's not going to benefit. So this show is going to be framed around answering some of those questions. So we're going to start each episode by reflecting on some technological development that greatly impacted human history and changed the course of human events, changed how we operate as a society. And then after we sort of take a look back, we're going to look at some of the things that are happening now and think about the ways that it might change the way that we live with one another in the next hundred years. So this show is not going to be scientific by any means of the imagination, but (laughs) I think to introduce some sort of rigor into our discussion (laughs) here, uh, we're going to frame the different things we talk about around some general guiding questions, things that will hopefully help distill and, and frame the various devices, advances, gizmos, gadgets, whatever that we're talking about and be able to provide some structure in analyzing their potential. So one of the first questions that I I think we'll ask for most of the things that we'll talk about is, who is this for? Um, It seems like an easy question, but so many times I look at (laughs) things that are developed and I... Wonder, ponder. Exactly. (laughs) Scratch my head over who the hell did they have in mind when they developed this? I think that products that are good uh, and that stand a good chance of being beneficial to people are developed with clear people in mind for them. Uh, we would you know, hope. Yeah. You yes. develop, you know, a water filtration device, you know, targeted towards a particular problem in a particular community to hopefully solve, solve some sort of challenge. You don't invent something just for the sake of inventing something and assume that a need will arise to fill it. Right. And I think when you're asking that question, it's like, who is this for? Who will benefit from gizmo, gadget, whatever it is? But also, who could possibly be hurt? And I think that that's something that We'll have like a very analytical eye around specifically because a lot of what I talk about is marginalized communities. And a lot of times, you know, we have already seen with technology and AI that not everyone is thought of and included when these technological advances are being designed. So is it being inclusive of people of color? Is it being inclusive of people who don't have the same abilities? What else? What are our other framing questions, Ben? Yeah, I mean, I think another, you know, good question is, is this a need? Again, should be self-evident in that someone is spending lots of money to develop it. But it seems that Silicon Valley is throwing millions of dollars at who knows what the fuck these days. Right. Uh, And so I think, you know, a, a good starting point is, is this actually addressing some sort of need that exists or is it, you know, trying to create a need that doesn't currently exist uh, for the purposes of making money? Or, you know, worse, is it actually creating new needs that, you know, 
are going to harm people's lives. Right. And I think bouncing off that, I think something that we're really excited to talk about is what's the long-term impact? You know, it's cool and it's shiny right now, but what is it going to look like in a hundred years, in a thousand years? Are we thinking that long-term? Personally, I feel like we should be because a lot of these things are happening really, really quickly. And I would almost say they're being developed and designed way quicker than we are talking about it and having a critical eye and thinking through the long-term impact of not only the communities that it impacts, but just our species as a whole. And whether or not with some of these advances, if it's not benefiting humanity, then will it be our demise? As dark as that sounds. You know, the the automobile is a great example of that where, you know, if probably Henry Ford had in mind something like what the automobile became, but certainly a lot of people at the time were like, oh, this is newfangled gizmo. Like, that's never going to catch on. I have a perfectly good horse. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. never going to need to be replaced. Um, Betsy's part of the family. Exactly. (laughs) Kiss her every morning. Uh, And so, you know, the idea that if you can, you know, show somebody fast forward 100 years and all of a sudden everybody's using a car to get everywhere, uh, you know, we have entire communities that are are designed around how can people drive most efficiently. That you know, we have highway systems that displaced entire groups of people uh, by their need for being built. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, all of this; these were things that arose after the car was developed and invented. But you know, certainly, were not things that while that invention and you know innovation process was going on, were things that you know just about anybody had in mind. Right. And I think, Ben, taking the example of the car and going out west, you know, car culture is what happened. I mean, I grew up in San Diego. Like, you know, I think the fact that everyone drives around in cars has completely changed the landscape of, you know, just California in general, but also, you know, food and what that means and what fast food means and how healthy our food is that we're ingesting. So for this first episode, I thought we'd begin with one of the things that, that really inspired me to want to do this show, which is those crazy videos, I'm sure you've seen them, of Boston Dynamics developing robots that can do all sorts of things. I have one in mind that we'll put a, a link to in the, the comments below. They, they were training the, the robot to do parkour. And so you have this robot who's, you know, climbing, jumping, you know, climbing trees, jumping over. <laughs> Just you say that sounds so scary. In a single bound. <laughs> And yes, let's talk about Boston Dynamics. Um, So I went to the Boston Dynamics website. I think it's always good to to hear, you know, what people have to say for themselves before we start tearing them apart. (laughs) Uh, So I went to their their mission statement on their website. And they say, Boston Dynamics. We began as a spinoff from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Smart guys. And they are all guys. No, uh, I see a lady. Yes. There we go. Oh, maybe, nope, maybe two. Really? Yeah. No. Ooh, they do have another one. She was hiding. Oh, wait. You're not counting all this whole picture. We can't see. Oh, but yeah, part of them is We are not being fair. Yeah, they have at least a third (laughs) or fourth lady. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Where we developed the first robotics that ran and maneuvered like animals. Now we are taking the next step, combining the principles of dynamic control and balance with sophisticated mechanical designs, cutting-edge electronics, and software for perception, navigation, and intelligence. Boston Dynamics has an extraordinary technical team of engineers and scientists who seamlessly combine advanced analytical thinking with bold engineering and boots-in-the-mud practicality. We pride ourselves in building machines that both break boundaries and work in the real world. I have so many questions and so many thoughts. (laughs) 
Can we talk about boots in the mud? Yeah, because that sounds like soldiers to me. Ooh, it just, it doesn't sound good, Ben. <laughs> it just, it doesn't. I, I will just say this. I don't think I have ever described anything as boots in the mud practicality. <laughs> but my follow-up question is work in the real world. Where? Yeah. And so, so that's one of the questions I have was, so like, you know, they've done a whole series of these and they seem to be, you know, the robots getting better and better at climbing and jumping over things, which is, Mm -hmm. I I know nothing about robotic design. So maybe that's where you just, where you start. Like that's, that's the only place you can begin. It seems like that's not true. It seems like you could train, like you're programming a robot to, to jump over barriers. You could also program it to do other things. Um, and I, I don't know, you know, doing parkour seems like a prelude to or something like that or cha- yeah. you know, or robotic cops or. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's very true. So, I, I mean, there are, you know, pop, you know, so one of the things I can think of, you know, where this actually could have a really helpful use is, is first responders, you know? So, I mean, yes. you see like the, the yes. fire in, in paradise, you know, if you had a mm-hmm. team of robots who could mm-hmm. go in and, you know, lift up cars and you know, with their superhuman strength totally. and, and rescue people and, you know, not have to worry about burning to death and all sorts of other things. Uh, you know, there you have a, you know, potential where this could be, you know, profoundly helpful. I just also worry about, you know, in terms of, you know, who has money, who has money that they're mm-hmm. willing to lend to development, who has money that, you know, will purchase these ideas and, and take them to their logical conclusions. Right. And the military always is at the top of that list. You know, when you're handed a, a $650 billion check from the government every year, right. we'll build it lets you buy all sorts <laughs> of fancy toys. Um, and it, and, you know, the leap from watching this robot, you know, jump over barriers to handing the robot an AK-47 and, you know, programming it to pull the trigger really does not seem to be that much of a, a stretch. And it, it seems like, you know, you could have programmed the, the robot to Julianne Carrots. Right, right. Like, robots could be an incredible help to people who are, you know, homebound and mm-hmm. aren't able to cook for themselves. Mm-hmm. 100%. Right. I think, to your point, like, there's a very fine line between helpful and hurtful. I think. I think the line that kind of stood out to me most is the first robots that ran and maneuvered like animals. Because while it sounds very cool and I love watching the videos, it the only thing that I can think of is the little dog on Black Mirror that was chasing the woman the entire episode. Like it just, I'm petrified. <laughs> Um, but I think to your point, like there's so many use cases where this could be a really helpful, useful thing, especially as our population in the U.S. ages. I feel like you almost just put your finger on it in terms of it sounds cool. I feel yes. like that is so mm-hmm. often mm-hmm. a driving force behind why we do things. 100%. Like, oh man, we can make this robot. <laughs> we could make like we could make a, like an animal robot that can jump upstairs. Like that sounds cool. That well, sounds awesome. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I just I feel like we should be motivated less by this is cool. Right. Right. I'm I'm torn. I'll say that. I'm torn because I think a lot of times like when I'm talking to people and when I'm coaching people, I'm always around what are you passionate about? What excites you? What makes you happy? Like, what do you want to go? What do you want to do? Go do that. Um, so I totally understand why uh, a group of really smart people got together and were like, hey, let's build a really cool thing. Um, but to your point, and I think that that's the premise of this podcast is we need to think through what that means instead of just saying, 
hey, that's really cool. Yeah. And, you know, one of the other things I think about is you can't put the genie back in the bottle. Right. Uh, you know, once we get these you know, super capable robots that can do all sorts of things, you know, you will get first responders and you will also get soldiers. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you get mm-hmm. one or the other. And right. at this point, I feel like both of those are almost inevitable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so I think part of what we need to start doing also is, you know, so let's say, okay, well, the robotic soldier is a technological inevitability. What does that mean in terms of legislature and right. making sure that we, you know, to the best of our ability, restrict the military from developing robots that, that can, you know, a robotic army. Right, right, right. That it then becomes, you know, the, the onus then is put on lawmakers and on, you know, the general public mm-hmm. to, you know, try best as we can to, uh, you know, pen in some of you know, humanity's worst impulses. I almost feel, well, this also makes me think about the international coalition around cloning and everyone basically agreeing that we don't want to do human cloning. And I feel like some type of agreement is needed in this area. Yeah. And it's interesting. So, you know, and I know there's a lot of people who are like, oh, well, that's, that's an agreement in name only. And definitely there's like a whole bunch Mm. of of human clones in China somewhere in a lab or, you know, North Korea has like 17 Kim Jong-ul's running (laughs) running around. There probably (laughs) are human clones around somewhere. But, you know, I think that that kind of argument as like, uh, you know, justification for not having any kind of international coalition is is spurious. I think that, you know, any any move towards limiting the impact of something is beneficial. So, you know, even if it means that, yes, somebody somewhere is in their basement is developing robot soldiers. If, you know, the U.S. military, at least, you know, nominally is not one of those people. Right. That will be better. That will be for the betterment of the world. Yeah. I, I don't know where I stand, Ben. So, well, here, we're going to offer you a chance <laughs> to say exactly where you stand. We are going to conclude each of our, our product reviews or whatever the hell this is <laughs> with a with the simple gladiatorial combat game. So now is your opportunity to be Commodus, uh, you know, given that that thumbs up, thumbs down. Now, I know that, you know, the world does not revolve around Rachel Love, but if it did, if it might. in this moment <laughs> you could, you know, put the development of advanced robotics to a halt, would you? I think that I, I might put an end to it, Ben. I I only see iRobot in my mind when I watch those clips. And I think that given the timeline of humans with advanced technology, it's only been a very, very short time and we survived for a very long time um, without robots. Uh, and just thinking about the future of our planet, I think that there are benefits and I think that there are drawbacks and it's really hard to make a yes or no decision. But I think off the cuff, I would say I, I would... I think we pause. That's my answer. Take a break. Yes. Take a breath. I think we pause. I think we pause. Yes. Ben, what do you think? Thumbs up? Thumbs you down? You know, I'm, I'm keeping the thumbs up. I knew it! <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> I think part of it is I, I just don't see a way that you can separate, like, this kind of, like, robotics, like, you know, things mm-hmm, that jump mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. do parkour from, you know, like, medical robotics where, like, right. my, my friend recently had an appendectomy, actually, on the day before his wedding. And because they were able to do it with these crazy robots where the doctor was like in another room playing a video game, essentially, <laughs> he was like married the next day. He was there for the wedding. That's crazy. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, it was totally crazy. Wild. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't happen without, you know, super advanced robots. And I just don't know that you can, you know, really separate, you know, this kind of robots from other kinds of mm-hmm. robots. Mm-hmm. What I do think is that somebody needs to go into Boston Dynamics Lab and have a chat and be like, maybe hey, less, less soldiers, right. more Julianne Carrots. <laughs> 
That's all I'm saying. Listen, I, I agree with you. I totally do. Carrots uh, not guns. That's my... <laughs> <laughs> let's talk more about carrots. Let's talk less about boots in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, choose better language. But really, though, it, like... What about a mission statement that's that's aimed towards, you know, benefiting people, that's aimed, that's geared around, you know, improving accessibility? That's, you know, there are lots of ways that I feel like you could frame this project that would actually lead it to develop something that is going to make human life more productive and and better. Yeah, I I 100% agree with you. Unfortunately, what I have found, what we both know, is that people don't think like us all the time and they're not always thinking about everyone and the community and the people and the humans. That's us at our, at our group of friends, but I totally agree. I think the strategist in me thinks that there is definitely a way if we all wanted there to be a way to separate the two and have um, advanced robotics for medical purposes and for assisted living and for, you know, first responders and dangerous situations that, human beings shouldn't be in or put themselves in things like that. Uh, but I agree with you. I think at this point, like it's real messy, real messy. And that's our show. <laughs> so thanks for tuning into this. Perhaps a touch Rocky uh, introduction to fast forward. We promise that uh, it will be smoother in the future, even as our world gets less smooth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we could keep that promise. <laughs> we can try. We will try. Uh, and make sure to tune in because we are going to be talking about food, which I'm very, very excited about. I can talk about food for a very long time, but until next time, this is Rachel Alex Love. And Benjamin Perry. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fast Forward. As a reminder, what we've shared today are our own personal opinions and some of our jokes. But not expert-level information. So as always, please do your own research. And remember, please, base no life-or-death decisions on our ramblings. You can find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss out on an episode. And while you're there, leave us a rating and a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned for the next episode.